You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Man, I mean, been running around crazy. All because of these damn Jayhawks, bro. All because of these damn Jayhawks, but... We don't say that for another time, another day. How you been feeling, Mark, man? A lot's been happening. Oh, uh, yeah, I feel good, man. I'm still antsy. I'm scrolling my timeline every second, trying to refresh, trying to find some new move, new uh, moves. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been a pretty crazy 24 hours so far. I know you can't wait to see that uh, that, that Tyron Matthew notification come off. I, I know we're going to get to it later in the show, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Based off the last pod, I, I know that's what the I know that's what the fans want to hear from you, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I came around just in time. You know, I made my uh my stance very clear last week. I have the right to change my mind, and I did. And it's not official yet. No, he's but... backtracking. He's... No, I'm not backtracking. No, no. See, you always got to take it the extra mile. Beep, beep, you always got to take it. Th- wow. Beep. No, I'm not backtracking. I'm just saying that he hasn't signed anywhere yet. So it's not official yet, even though it's pretty, pretty likely he's not going to be in Kansas City anymore. Well, let's start with a safety that is going to be in Kansas City. And it's Justin Reed, former Houston Texan, is now a Kansas City Chiefs. The deal is three years, $31.5 million. Looks like about 20 and a half of that is guaranteed cap hits. I mean, the 2022 cap hit is is not even $5 million, Mark. Uh, I mean, for Kansas City, and I, I'll, I'll lob this into the to the spaces so people can see the numbers that we were looking at. That's that's from Spotrack. They do a great job over there breaking down contracts. I mean, you're basically getting, um, you're basically getting Tyron Matthews replacement at, at, at a discounted price. Yeah, I love it, man. Considering his age, he's only 25 years old. That was the main thing for me. And there are reports saying that Brett Veach didn't even offer Tyron Matthew a contract. Which I saw that. A we talked su- about that last week. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little surprising to me that he didn't even at least offer him a contract. But that just goes to show you that Brett Veach had his mind made up that we're going to the youth movement. We want to get younger. We want to get faster, more athletic more physical because i mean justin reed i mean he's a hard-hitting safety but he's also versatile as well you can line him up pretty much everywhere similar to a honey badger now i'm not saying he's gonna give you that type of production on that level 
But considering the price, considering the age, the upside, it was definitely worth the invest investment, in my opinion. And you you let it off with, with what I thought dictated this entire thing, man. It was a price thing. And if you read between the lines, if you kind of understood the GM speak and what Andy Reid was saying, what Brett Veach was saying, what Tyron Matthew was saying, it, it was a price point differential. Are we paying you for what you've done already? Or are we paying you at what you're going to do in the terms of this deal? And it felt like Kansas City was comfortable even going back to last offseason. They were comfortable letting Tyron Matthew test free agency. They were comfortable letting him tweet away. They were comfortable letting him, you know, maybe not be the happiest camper to start the season off because there were some people uh, maybe questioning his effort level. I'm not doing that. Their workout, that those conversations had. And at the end of the day, it came down to a price point. It, uh, that first year cap number, especially we know how cash strapped they are this year and how they're trying to make uh, a dollar stretch. We all been there. Brett V's trying to make a dollar stretch to get Justin Reed at, at, at 4.55 million cap hit for 2022. Uh, it's a home run hit and, and, and you got to like it. Yeah, and it's ironic that we're getting another safety coming from Houston, you know, with something to prove. He's also from Louisiana, ironically, as well. So <laughs> a lot of similarities similarities on that front. But, yeah, I just think it's a great move all around. And now where you were looking at probably having to get a safety, let's say, in the first or second round, you already checked that off your book. And it didn't cost you that much. So you still have more flexibility to fill out some other holes on your roster. How does this impact what the field looks like on Sundays, man? Because obviously we know Tyron's the emotional leader. We know what he brings to the locker room, that kind of thing. But do you expect that kind of – you expect a big drop-off on Sundays from, from uh, Matthew to read? No, no, not really. I mean, Ooh. no, I don't. I don't. You call this man a Hall of Famer, though. So you're yeah, but you're talking about you asked me about the atmosphere. I don't think the atmosphere is going to change. No, but I, I, let me let me rephrase the question then. Uh, production on the field is it going to be the same? Or are we going to see a drop off tackles wise, production wise? Obviously, the emotional stuff you're not going to be able to duplicate that. I'm talking about production wise. Are you think Kansas City is just willing to accept that, knowing that they got a, a discount here, or are you expecting that they're they're going to see the same production? I think the production will be the same, but it'll come in different areas. Like, for instance, I think Tyron Matthews is definitely better in pass coverage and as far as getting guys in the right position and the IQ of things, obviously, because he's older. But as far as tackling, uh, going up against the run, just being that physical, hard-hitting safety, that's where Justin Reed has the advantage over Tyron Matthews right now at this stage of their careers. I want to hit one more point on Tyron Matthew. People still joining us here. We're still in the, the early stages of this Chiefs coast to coast. Been loving the Twitter spaces, man. I know you Neil Armstrong. You love space. I'm still getting <laughs> my space legs up here. It's been, it's been fun interacting with y'all. But one more note on Tyron Matthew, man. What's his legacy? You're a KC kid. You born and raised. You're just a kid from KC. We know all we all we know all the catchphrases by now. <laughs> what is the what is, it seems like Tyron Matthews on the way out. What's his what's his legacy uh in, in Kansas City, in your opinion? Oh, well, he's definitely gonna be in the ring of honor. He's gonna come back when he retires and he's gonna get a standing ovation. You're gonna see a lot of 32s in Arrowhead. I mean, he's a part of the main reason why we won a Super Bowl. 
ended that long drought. When we brought him in to Kansas City, he changed the culture defensively. Nobody can argue that. Obviously, the leadership, the passion, all of that stuff, the uh, honey badger, landlord. I mean, he changed his whole identity in Kansas City. Now he's a landlord. He collects rent in Kansas City. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, his legacy here is stamped. And it's crazy because it was only three years, but it felt like he was a chief for almost a decade. Like, I felt like he was always here for some reason. And so those these three years were special, man. I mean, two Super Bowl appearances, one win, all AFC championship appearances while he was here. So, yeah, he's he's stamped in Kansas City lore forever. You got to consider the, the the shoes that he filled. Uh, to yeah. For, for Eric Berry as well. That's, that's not an easy thing, man. That's not a... That's not something Chiefs fans should take lightly. Tyron Matthew uh, still looking for a gig, too, man. I, I know it was Baltimore rumors and all the damn Baltimore edits we've been seeing for the past year. Uh, looks like they got their safety. So so, so, what do you make of uh, Matthew still still out here on the market? Uh, it's it's so, interesting. <laughs> so here's the little uh, slight plot twist here. Now, if you're asking me, I think he's gone, right? But. Just to play devil's don't advocate. Don't do it. Don't do no, it. No, Aaron, listen, though. Listen. It's, it's, listen, listen. Marcus Williams just signed with Baltimore, what, seven, eight hours ago? You saw his contract, right? It's pretty hefty. Other safeties had signed, obviously, Justin Reed being one of them. Tyron Matthew went into free agency probably thinking he was going to be the highest paid safety, or if not the highest, one of the highest. And the fact that he's not signed yet, and we're not really hearing anything. I mean, we heard the Saints and Baltimore and I heard a little Cowboys, but nobody's biting. And the Chiefs do like to run a three-safety lineup. Don't do just. I'm just saying. And Daniel Soros is a free agent. Obviously, they don't want him to come back. You got Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill. There's only two safeties on your roster. Like I said. If I was a betting man in Vegas, he is gone. It's over with. But you cannot say that there's not a slimmer of chance because his there's market. not a slimmer his, of chance. His market, but his there's market doesn't seem. Sliver of chance. Then, then why is he not signed yet, Aaron? How we in the last block are get, we giving this man's Chiefs eulogy? Talk about, oh, what are the greatest ever and. It worked, and in the same breath, you say, "Well, maybe." Well, well, Aaron, you you went to Mizzou. You understand percentages. I'm saying there's a 99 percent chance he's gone, but can I not give it one percent that he, he could come back? Is that not fair? Uh, let's drop it down to point five and call it and call it. And <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, why do you think he hasn't been signed yet? Isn't, doesn't that seem kind of weird to you? Uh, you know, and he tweeted something. I hate to, I say this every episode. One day we gonna have to. We can come in here. And we we don't have to talk about tweets. But here we are mentioning tweets again. And and when Bobby Wagner was showing the door in Seattle, Tyron Matthew chimed in and said, "This league treats their best like poop." Uh, to to use it a kid friendly term, but <laughs> I, I I think the asking price might be too high. I think also maybe the league is telling Tyron Matthew something that maybe he has not come around to hearing yet. I mean, in the era of getting younger, faster, quicker, younger, I'll say that again. 
Tyron Matthew is an, is an older guy who's got some mileage on him. And you can't completely ignore what has happened off the field, Mark. You can't. I know he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, and I know all these good things that he does in the community. One of the best leaders, and we hear all the good stuff about his leadership, but it's a, it's a lot of gray area here, man. And, and, and I think when teams are in unison uh, on something, it, it, it tells you that there is <laughs> – there, there, there's maybe a disconnect between the two parties. I, we'll see where he ends up. I heard New Orleans forever. I'm not reporting anything, but um, just saying something that has been reported consistently and something that I had heard. I mean, reunion, he played at LSU, all that good stuff. And obviously they're looking for a safety now. So who knows? You know, a lot of guys on the first day of free agency have a price and then a couple weeks go by and, and that price is a little different. Maybe that situation applies here. It's definitely like you said, interesting that he hasn't he hasn't reached a deal yet. Yeah, I think ultimately it's gonna have to take for him to have a little bit of humble pie here. He went into free agency, like you said, expecting probably a certain number, and it looks like he's probably not gonna get near that number, whatever that number is. And if he were to take quote unquote a discount or a pay cut, it'll probably will be going back home to New Orleans. Obviously, he's from there. Uh, he's big in the community there. So that seems like the the likely favorite as of right now. Well, a dude that's not taking a pay cut, that's Charvarius Ward. Boy just got paid. He's a San Francisco 49er. I'm throw this tweet up from Ian Rappaport. Three years, $40.5 million. This is a guy on the pod earlier. I said, hey, put him back in, put him back in Kansas City. He's coming back to Arrowhead. The Niners swing and, and they hit with with a uh, little Mooney. I thought he had a little nice message to send out to Chiefs Kingdom. Said, "Hey, one of the best fan bases out there. Appreciate all the support. I actually read it now. Thanks, Chiefs Kingdom, for a great four years. Blessed to have been as part of a, a great organization, great coaches, great fans, and a great team. Love y'all. What what do we make of uh, Charvarius Warhead? So it just hammers home the point once again." that Brett Veach doesn't really value corners. <laughs> I mean, obviously it was a little bit too rich for his blood. I agree for not paying that contract for a Traverius Ward. And I, trust me, I wanted Ward back. I mean, we said it on the pod. I think he was obviously their best corner. I mean, people may say Sneed, but if you're talking about a guy on the outside that can guard the opposing team's best receiver, it was definitely Ward. And I definitely wanted him back. He's still young. But not at that price, because I'm of the thinking of Brett Veach, and maybe I've been brainwashed into thinking how he thinks in this case. But I think it makes sense. In of today's course. league. Extremely brainwashed. <laughs> oh, stop it. Aaron, <laughs> listen, listen. While corner is very important in today's league, it's also a position where you can find guys that are, it's not that big of a gap between this guy and that guy. I mean, there's only three or four maybe lockdown corners. But what really is a lockdown corner when I'm seeing Jalen Ramsey falling down, getting burnt by Jamar Chase in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for uh, Donald getting there in time? So even the best corners in the league are going to have blunders. So Brett Veach thinking is, hey, if I could just get guys that are good enough and I can beef up my pass rush, which is more valuable than a corner, because your corners are only as good as your pass rush. 
Corners can't guard guys for five, six seconds. It's just impossible in today's NFL because you can't touch guys. Yeah, the rules. And these guys are too good. Yeah, the yeah. rules tough, man. Yeah, so even like getting a J.C. Jackson, which the Chargers did, great move. But he's still going to get cooked by Tyreek Hill if you guard him one-on-one. So <laughs> it's like how valuable really are you? So as long as your pass rush is good, I, your, your cornerback position doesn't, doesn't really matter that much in my opinion, in today's league. Absolutely brainwashed, but I wouldn't say brainwashed as more so I would say maybe that's just his general manager strategy, right? Like the whole goal of an NFL general manager is to find the margins in which you can win. Obviously, the Chiefs had exploited Patrick Mahomes' window under his rookie contract for as long as they could before he could get paid. That's when everybody else can get paid, and that's kind of how the NFL is. If you got your guy on your rookie deal, that's when you can start spending money. The Chargers beefing up the way they are is a direct result of the fact that Justin Herbert is still on his rookie deal. That's just how the NFL is working these days. And for you to say uh, Veach doesn't value cornerbacks, it, it's a fair assessment. It's, not only is it a tough position to evaluate, but it's also tough to stay at the top of your game at that position, man. How often do we see lockdown corners go one year and out as being a lockdown corner. Like, you get pretty much 18 games a lockdown corner before somebody exposes you. Like, like you were saying, it's just so hard with the rules and the speed. I think Charverius Ward gets this offer, and it's a no-brainer for him to take it. And it's a no-brainer for the Chiefs to say, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, ha- have a good one. Uh, that's just kind of how the business goes. And uh, Brett Beach will have to go into the draft looking at defensive backs. It's something that he was actually asked in his end-of-year 45-minute Zoom, not the one leading into the combine, but the one coming out of the AFC Championship game. He said, hey, it's tough. We're picking at the end of the draft every year. We don't have a bunch of draft – we don't have a bunch of uh, cap room, excuse me, to be shopping for J.C. Jackson's and that kind of thing. So we're going to have to – we're going to have to win in the margins on cornerback. It's just a matter of the position and how Kansas City sees it. And Charberius Ward is just the latest example of that, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brett Veach, we've seen it time and time again. He's looking for, you know, low bargain guys, but that have high potentials, right? Like he's traded for multiple corners that were former first round picks, didn't work out at their first stops. And you're like, hey, we can get them for cheap. They're a former first round pick. So obviously they have some talent. If I can get them under my umbrella, I can get the most out of them. That's how he looks at it, man. He just looked at these guys as, hey, I want to get you for cheap, get the most I can out of you. I mean, look at Ward. I mean, Ward was un- undrafted. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, perfect example right there. And, you know, him being under the Chiefs umbrella, now he got the bag. So, I mean, that's a win for Brett, Brett Veach and Ward. So, I mean, it was, a, like, like you said, it was a great send-off for both parties. No bad blood at all. I, I'm pretty sure Brett Veach called him and, congratulated him and everything and everything's all good you know good for the Niners because like I was saying before the Niners arguably have the best pass rush in all of football so getting a guy like Ward even though he may be their cornerback one when ideally he's a cornerback two but for that system and that team with with Bosa and those guys he doesn't have to be a Jalen Ramsey there so it's a good fit Absolutely. We got uh, a, a nice little group in here. I want to make sure that everybody's heard. We like engaging with y'all on these Twitter spaces. Uh, throw your hands up. We take questions at the end. 
whatever it is under the sun, from the new Batman movie to these crusty ass Jayhawks they got me covering down here in Fort Worth. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, throw your hands up and we'll get you Hey, man, Aaron, be careful, man. There's a lot of rock chalk people in here. Oh, uh, y'all know where I stay. Y'all y'all know where I be. <laughs> hey, from quarterbacks to wide receivers, Kansas City. Uh, looks like they're in the market for, for for a wide receiver, too. Lord have mercy. Is this three straight pods with a wide receiver, two talk, man? We're going to have to ban that at some point. At some point, we can't keep talking about wide receiver, two, man. We will stop talking about it when the Chiefs get a number two. It's that simple. <laughs> Is is baby Debo no longer on the roster? Is he no? Oh my god, no, no longer okay. with us. I mean, just just let me know. Like, wow, you have to stop. You have to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the Chiefs linked to not only uh, Juju Smith Schuster, but uh, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. Uh, as the league year turns over here, we're about twenty four hours away from that. Uh, let's let's play a little game here. Of those three. Which one would you take, wave your magic wand, and why? Yeah, so number one on my list, and I've been very consistent with this, is definitely Allen Robinson. I mean, we're talking about a big-body receiver, sure hands, good route runner, and just the ultimate possession guy because that's what the Chiefs are missing. We kind of had that with Sammy Watkins when he was available, but Allen Robinson could be a number one on a lot of teams. But on this team, he'll be a number two receiver, and he'll see only one-on-ones. And also, my thing is with him, look at the quarterbacks he's played with throughout his career. Obviously, early on in Jacksonville, do I have to say much more? And then in Chicago, I mean, this guy hasn't even had an, a top 15, maybe not even a top 20 quarterback once in his career. And now you have a chance to join Patrick Mahomes, where you'll only see one-on-ones because you got Tyreek Hill opposite of you and Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. So I think it's a perfect marriage. Obviously, with the Matt Nagy thing, that kind of makes it a little muddy in the water. But ultimately, if you want to get paid and if you want to compete for a championship and also, you know, just increase your legacy. Because like, like I said, he's very talented. He's just never been with a good quarterback, not even an average quarterback. I think he's still very talented. So... You have to cash in now if I'm him as far as finding the right fit and trying to win. We be overrating that legacy conversation. We're going to talk about that on another pod. These dudes ain't thinking about legacy right now, dog. They ain't no legacy emoji. Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram, excuse me, sent out that money bag emoji, dog. It's payday. But Allen Robinson's got paid before. Yeah, that legacy conversation is a little overrated. But we'll, we'll, I, I get what we'll, you're saying, but you okay, I know. Okay, but at some point, come on, dude. Look at the quarterbacks he's played with. Can he at least play with somebody good? I think when the Chiefs go to the bargaining table, that's their big that's their big joker, right? It's like, yo, we can't offer you as much as the other team, but think about playing with Patrick Mahomes. Like sometimes that works for dudes, but sometimes it's like, dog, y'all can't offer me as much. Next. And also it's Kansas City. I'm not trying to say it's the worst place in the NFL map, but you saw what Odell was picking up against next year, last year, and saw what he chose. I don't know. Uh, if I'm picking amongst the three, Juju, Jarvis Landry, and uh, Allen Robinson, I'll go Juju. I like Allen Robinson's fit as well. I, I don't want to talk negatively if he ends up a chief, but uh, uh, I think Juju fits in the offense. Bigger body, younger guy. Um, doesn't need all the touches necessarily, can run all the routes. Uh, he seems like somebody who also would put the work in and play a complimentary role with the other weapons that are here. Uh, 
Uh, I imagined him fitting very well into the screen game. And, and they were close on him last year. I can't believe texting him pictures of the Lombardi Trophy didn't work. He turned that down to go play with Big Ben's old lumberjack, can't move and throw it. I couldn't believe that. But uh, yeah. I'll, pick, I'll pick Juju. Yeah, Juju would be my second if I had to rank him one through three. Um, like you said, he's very physical. He's a good run blocker as well. And he will fit in that slot. He's very physical, shorthanded. Not the best route runner, but when you have him alongside Tyreek Hill, we saw what he did when he was next to Antonio Brown. And he had, obviously, the best years of his young career. So that would be my second choice where Landry is my my last option on that three. Yeah, we we touched on this a little bit last pod, but Tyreek Hill extension, hopefully sooner rather than later, would give the Chiefs a little bit more room. Hadn't seen as many mumblings about that as we did last week, but we know that's coming down the pipe. Dude who wants to stay here in Kansas City, part of that big three, and uh, hopefully would give the Chiefs more cap room. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the deal that Jacksonville gave Christian Kirk kind of put a little wrench in things, didn't it? I'm not sure if you saw what, Ty- what Tyreek said on his Instagram story yesterday. Nah, fill me in on that. I saw Kirk's deal. I saw Jacksonville just blowing money like they ain't never had none before. Doug Peterson went down there and blew the bank up. So that's cool. That's all nice and fun. But what what did Cheetah have to say? He, he wants the brink truck now? I mean, he just did the classic, you know, eye emojis type deal. Uh, it's <laughs> emoji season. You got to be, you gotta be yeah. reading into every emoji this time of year. Melvin Ingram sent down some emojis. It's, uh, it's emoji season. Yeah, but it happened like right after Kirk got his bag. So it was pretty obvious what he was referring to. Like, oh. Christian Kirk got that bag. <laughs> so, oh, I'm, maybe it was smart. I'm double, triple. It was, it was smart for Cheetah to, to wait off because we saw term. We saw yeah. we saw guarantee money. Like we saw the whole deal last week, and I'm like, okay, that seems a little team friendly. Yeah. So I'm like, thanks a lot, Jacksonville, because now I'm a little concerned that this Tyreek thing may leak into training camp and maybe preseason. Well, one thing that has gotten settled, that's the Frank Clark deal. And this is something we talked about on previous pods. Glad we got a little bit more clarity, but I would like to see a little bit uh, more information. The The long story short is that Frank Clark, 55, will be back in Kansas City. There were reports coming out yesterday that they found an avenue to kind of rework the deal. Um, I'm looking for exact details, but I believe... It was around $26 million, $29 million for two years with incentives that would have brought it up to 36 Would love to see what the incentives are. Would love more information there. But just on the basis of them reworking the deal and having him back in the fold, how are we feeling about the Shark? You know what they say, man, the classic saying, sometimes it's cheaper to keep her, man. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the podcast episode right there. It's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> Sometimes it's just cheaper to keep her, man. And that's kind of what this is, right? Because if you were to just to release them, you would have had that dead money. And it wasn't really that much of a difference. So you might as well keep him, man. Hey, he wants to be here. Obviously, he's not the same Frank Clark from 2018, 2019. But however, however, though, however, as a rotational pass rusher and a guy that's really good still at setting the edge against the run game, there still is some value there. Now, I don't want him to be my main DN. I want him to be like a rotational guy. Obviously, I'm still looking at guys like a Chandler Jones, hopefully, or a Zadarius Smith, or maybe even Von Miller that's still out there. But 
as a rotational piece at that price, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm out. I wrote this on Arrowhead Pride a while back. I just think it's done. I think it's bad business at this point in time. I really don't see him being a productive piece in this defense much. And I'm willing to be proven wrong because there's a role for him in this defense. Not only is he liked in this locker room, not only does he still have fans in Kansas City, but he gets it when healthy, because that's another if. We got to put that qualifier in there. When healthy, there's there's room for him to be protective in this in this defense, man. Like I think back to the AFC Championship game. This is an offensive line that allowed nine sacks against Tennessee. For Frank Clark and Chris Jones to go out there and, and, and give you the nothing burger, man, it, it, it's something that's got to stick out in the minds of Chiefs Kingdom. And 55 is back in the fold. He knows the system. It seems like Steve Spagnuolo likes him. I, I'll never forget the way the guys wrapped their arms around him after the off-the-field troubles kind of popped up last offseason. And uh, you don't you don't rework the deal or find an avenue or even work this hard to rework the deal if this is somebody you don't see as a contributor. And it's clear that somebody in the building, I don't know who it is, uh, somebody in the building still sees him as a valuable asset. Yeah, I think you're being too hard on him, man. I, I think a lot of people what you and mean? maybe and maybe maybe you're included in this as well. So I don't want to exclude you because you may be part of this group that, you know, they unfairly critique Frank Clark because of how much money he was making. So obviously you have those expectations of him to being one of the top pass rushers in the league. And I get it because his contract was crazy. But now on this new deal, that's fair for him. That's fair. That's a fair deal for what he still can contribute. When healthy, I understand that. But also, we have to consider all the stuff he had going on outside of football. I mean, these guys still are human. And, you know, I think that stuff is going to be cleared up here, or if it's not already, definitely by next season. So he can have a clear mind. He knows he's in Kansas City for at least maybe the next two years. And that stuff can do wonders for a player, man. So, I'm not going to be too hard on him with this new deal. I want to talk strictly about ability. I want to make sure that this is clear. Frank Clark is a person, professional, answers questions, even throughout defensive slumps. And we know how they started the year off last year. Uh, the pros pro it and answers all the questions there. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> saying you were questioning that. I wasn't saying that at all. The, the, just, yeah. the production speaks for itself, though, Mark. I mean, we don't have to sugarcoat this. Maybe it's but at, 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 you're but you're looking at it at that number at this new number. That's fair. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. That's what you're gonna be. That's what you're gonna be weighed against. And I'm not talking about don't go get paid. Get paid, young brother. Get paid. Love to see my folks get paid. Frank Clark, go get your money. But understand that four and a half sacks is not gonna get it done. It's just not. 
for a championship contender, especially once again, do I have to say this again? This team gave up nine sacks the week before, dog. Nine. Nine. And you got one. You got one. I don't I don't I don't think that's an unfair criticism. We're talking about ability here. We're not talking about Frank Lark, the person. He's back in the fold. Kansas City likes him. But I would like to see him start off the year healthy as well. He didn't start off the year healthy last year, and possibly that impacted the numbers. I got his stats up from, from 2021, uh, 14 games, two forced fumbles, four and a half sacks, 22 tackles, 17 quarterback hits. Like, I mean, if fans, are fair to, fans are fair to want more. And I think people inside the building are fair to want more as well, which is why he probably understood why a pay cut had to come. Matt Verderami is reporting that the second year is basically a player, or, or excuse me, a team option, uh, which I think is a big win for Kansas City as well. Because then if, you know, if it really doesn't work out this year, it ain't no way in hell. No, you're right. You're right. 100% sure. 100%. I'm just saying with this new restructure, I'm saying expectations should be different. That's all I'm saying. This past season, yes, I get it because he was getting paid crazy amount of money. But I'm saying moving forward, if he gives you similar productions this year or just a little bit more with this new restructure, I think you're getting what you're what you're paid for. And you kind of talked earlier about him possibly being a rotational piece. So let's open that up a little bit more. What are some other options? I mean, agency I know has been a whirlwind so far, but there's still some names on the board still to fall. Obviously, Big Von Miller is list i don't know how realistic that is but maybe give us some pass rusher options that that kansas city can look at yeah so the main two that i'm looking at because i'm not sure about von miller is zadarius smith from the packers and chandler jones now i haven't really heard much on the chandler jones front which is kind of surprising to me but that would be that would be my number one option because the thing was zadarius smith and while i like him a lot Back injuries are not a joke, man. And he just had back surgery, pretty much missed the whole season. He's obviously an all-pro when he is playing. But, man, that back just scares me. But the thing is, he probably will be the most affordable guy because of that, right? While, like, a Chandler Jones and Von Miller can demand more money because they're coming off productive seasons. While people are going to be scared off from a Zadarius Smith. So that would be a hell of a risk to take. And I'm not sure if Brett Veach is wanting to go that route. Obviously, there's great pass rushers in this draft as well. It's a lot of depth. So I think even if they do get a guy in free agency, they're still going to draft a pass rusher or two in this draft because it's very deep at that position. It's got to happen. And we've seen it happen in years before Brett Veach goes bargain bin shopping. Towards the end of free agency, some guys we maybe hadn't heard of, some scheme fits. Uh, I think the draft is an obvious one there. I don't see them being in the Von Miller sweepstakes. I think that's a little too pie in the sky. Even Darius Smith feels a little too rich for their blood. We talked about them on the last pod being mid-market buyers. Um, they're going to have cap room, but they're going to want to maximize that cap room. And this is not the only window, Chiefs fans. Please hear me out on this. There will be another window near the trade deadline when I know there's going to be another name that Chiefs fans want. You want to be in position then as well to, to be able to, to make a move. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs will keep themselves available and uh, 
and, and obviously adds that D line. It, it, it was a weakness last year, and you know, do I have to say it again? Nine, nine, nine sacks the week before. Nine. Hey, hey, I have a name for you since you love the number nine so much. Let's get it. How about Clowney? Mm. He, had, he had nine sacks in fourteen games in Cleveland last year. Hmm. You got him in KC. Should we get the Should we get the photoshops mocked up already? I mean. That seems fair. I mean, because there's not really a lot of buzz around his name, which is a little surprising because he's been living off his rep for a while back in college. But I mean, that's quietly a good year. I didn't even realize he had nine sacks this year. Nine sacks in 14 games? I would take that for a one-year cheap deal. I think it's also possible we don't see some some impact signings still closer to training camp. Some of these veteran guys don't want to go through the process. Let's just call it for what it is. Some of them don't want to go through all the OTAs and training camp and all that. Sometimes they want to just show up when it counts. Do you think Melvin Ingram is back in uh, KC next year? I think push comes to shove, yeah. I don't think there's really a big, um, big enough market for him, especially at his age right now. And obviously when he came to the Chiefs, the defense just completely changed. The whole culture changed. And – like I said, I don't think he's going to get paid a lot. I know he tweeted the bag emojis and stuff like that, but I, I, I think this is the best place for him. So I do think he will come back on a cheap one-year like vet deal. I like that as well. Chris Jones, it always sticks out in my mind how much he vouched for him last year, called him his guy, said openly to the media that he wanted him to play alongside him for a long time to come. I'm, I'm sure Brett Veach heard that. He hears everything. Wouldn't be surprised if you heard Mark Gunnels talking about Tyra Matthew coming back still. Lord have mercy. Uh, bro, so, I said 1%, bro. Come on. You see, <laughs> and that 1% is too high. You know it's too high. <laughs> you speaking with that uh, with that heart, man. Let, let's just let's just be honest. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're not gonna let that go. What uh, we we running through the topics here. I'm curious, how was Hawaii, man? How was the, how was the wedding? They they let you walk the rings up the aisle, or what happened? <laughs> I was like, hold on, what are you talking about for a second? But yeah, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes did invite me actually, but I wasn't able to make it unfortunately. So I just texted him. I said, you know, bro, have a good wedding, man. More life, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. You were on that guest list too, bro. I don't know why you didn't show up. You was on the that list. suit was clean, man. I, I'm putting all my suits away. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't even wear suits anymore after I saw my home suit. I mean, it wasn't a wrinkle on there. That thing was tailored tight. <laughs> ready to go. Congratulations to, to the first couple of Kansas City. The royal wedding is in the books. Hopefully, uh, more life to the to the happy couple, man. That, that was cool to see. Absolutely, man. Are we ready to take some questions, man? Let's do it, man. Let, let's do it. I'm ready. It's been a quiet crowd in here. We we got some numbers, but let's see if anybody got something to say. All right. I got my guy Slim He's connecting. Give him a second. You know how these Twitter spaces can be sometimes. What's up, Slim? Slim, you're there. Yeah, what's good with it? What's up, man? Not much. Uh, So I don't know if y'all touched on it um, or not, but you think some of these – Players that haven't signed yet are waiting on Deshaun Watson to maybe join him? Absolutely. I think that's a, a, a huge domino to fall. It is um, it's a lot of smoke around Deshaun Watson. It seems like every single one of them is in the NFC South, man. That Adam Schefter report 
today saying that the Falcons were sleepers in there. That kind of caught me by surprise. Deshaun Watson and, and an electric playmaker. We know what, we can, what he can do on the field. Um, I think guys will want to play with him. We saw we saw what Tampa Bay did after Tom Brady announced his unretirement and came back with his crusty behind. So, yeah, why not? Deshaun Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson lands somewhere. I could see some free agents ending up uh, wanting to end up playing with him. We'll see where he goes because obviously that no trade clause kind of gives him a lot of the power in that situation. It's it's definitely something interesting to watch. That was a good question. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the same. Um, especially look at these receivers. Like, Juju hasn't signed yet. Allen Robinson hasn't signed yet. Jarvis Landry hasn't signed yet. So I think those guys are waiting to see where he goes, and maybe that could be a potential option for them to go as well. What's up, Jeremy? How you doing, man? What's up, guys? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Look, uh, something that hasn't really been brought up, there's a lot of uh, juice coming at Patrick Mahomes from the Broncos and Chargers new pass rushers, Khalil Mack. Um, you know, we. when are we going to start making a decision on what Lucas Niang is? And Andrew Wiley, love the guy. Let's bring him back as a versatile old lineman that can play anywhere. But is there any chance that the Chiefs may try to go back in time and address the right tackle spot through Eric Fisher now that he's had a full year off the Achilles heel? That's a great question, man. Great, great question. So let me start with the first part of this. As far as Lucas Niang and Wiley goes, I think you'll see both those guys still remain in Kansas City. Obviously, Wiley. Um, he did a really good job, man. When Niang got hurt, he held it down. I mean, I think that's still their weakest spot on their offensive line. Obviously, I mean, it's pretty hard to compete with those other four guys. They're all pretty studs. But I think he did a good job, and I think he want to keep that as far as the depth goes because they saw what happened, obviously, in that Super Bowl against the Bucks when you had the backups in, and they just were not even close to the talent level of the starters. So I think it strengthened numbers for sure. And as far as Eric Fisher goes, that's a good question. That is a really good question. I haven't, I haven't thought about that, actually. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, because he'll be very cheap. He already knows the system. He's uh, familiar with the guys and how Patrick Mahomes likes to drop back 50 yards and stuff like that. So I wouldn't rule it out completely, but I'm still concerned about his health issues. Obviously, he held up pretty good for the Colts, but that was a good question. I don't know if you got anything to add to that, Aaron, before we move on. Sounds like there's a 1% chance, huh? <laughs> All right, we're moving on. <laughs> About to get Greg in here. See, you had your hand up. And if you guys want to come up to the stage, just send a request and we'll get you in here. We got about 10 more minutes or so. Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing? I said sorry about that. Um, I'm from New York, big Chiefs fan. Just a quick question. You know, all you hear about now is uh, how the AFC got the smoke coming for Pat. Um. What do you think about, like, Chandler Jones, Von Miller? Like, we need to put something out there that uh, is coming for somebody else. I'll take this one. I think Chandler Jones is a real possibility. I'm not reporting anything, but uh, ha have heard some things in that direction, and I know Kansas City is interested in him. Uh, and I've kind of pushed back on this in previous pods, but 
KC is just not that far off, man. They scored three points in the second half of the AFC title game. You score a touchdown, we're having different conversations. I agree. Mark and I are on the same page thinking that they were the most talented team left in the field. And really, it's the Chiefs against themselves. You know, trying not to be disappointed when we don't make a super big signing. No, I feel your I feel your concerns 100%. Uh, as far as Allen Robinson goes, obviously that's my number one option for wide receiver two, but I don't think it's ultimately going to happen. I think a team like the New York Jets will give him the bag, and they're desperate to add more talent around a Zach Wilson while he's still on his rookie contract. And like Aaron said, some guys just want the bag. So we'll see. I mean, he still hasn't played with an average quarterback once in his career. So I would think that he would like the opportunity to play with a Patrick Mahomes. But we'll see. We'll see what he values more. Is it winning or is it the bag? Let so, me hop in. Oh, let me yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Quickly do it and just add that it's not a bad thing necessarily that, uh, you know, player development is a is a strong suit of your organization. Like, all right, I'm a Mizzou fan, right? So Gary Pinkle would notably take a two star and turn him into a second round draft pick because it's player development and his weight training. And by the time you go through four years in that program, uh, you've turned yourself into a better you turn yourself into a pro and a much better prospect. The Chiefs are doing that. And we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show with, with Charvarius Ward. The guy that's undrafted now getting a $40 million deal because he's been in the Chiefs system, showed out, had the production and numbers to match, and another organization recognized that. Uh, that's not a bad thing. I know all fans want that splashy signing. I know they want that Odell. I know they want that Von Miller. But it's nothing wrong with getting mid-level guys who fit in your scheme and can win you ball games, man. At the end of the day, that's what the Chiefs are going to have to be, especially – under Patrick Mahomes, uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Aaron, we want a super team, man. Stop it. Come on, man. We want a Come super on. team, man. You got a super team. You got Tyreek, Kelsey, and Mahomes. Like, we want more. We want be- more. <laughs> oh, y'all make me sick. <laughs> All right, Aaron, this, this is going to be our last one for the night, man. What's up, Dylon? It's Dylan, but it's all good. How you guys Oh, my doing? bad, bro. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I caught him in dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of have a two-part question, really. So with the Chiefs having, like, so many free agents as they do, especially, like, key contributors like Jarek McKinnon in the playoffs, Darrell Williams, you know, he had a 1,000 scrimmage yards this year. Which free agents do you really see them actually, like, bringing back? Because I know they – are letting Byron Pringle hit free agency. Do you just think that's because they feel like they can get them cheaper? Which free agents do I see them getting? The Chiefs had over 26 free agents at the start of this. It going to be interested. Can I say Orlando Brown? Is, it, is that a cop-out answer? Well, that's I mean, a cop-out. I'm talking that's about more so the ones that <laughs> haven't already been linked to be coming back, like Byron Pringle. Do you think it's – it's just something to where they feel like they want to just see what his market is before. Because with only having three guys on a contract, wide receiver-wise, Josh Gordon, Tyreek, and McColl, it's kind of weird to leave your, your options that open. Uh, I think Byron Pringle is a guy who would come back at the right price. But 
the Chiefs probably know what they want to spend on a lot of these guys. And I give them credit for, for, for not overspending, not overreaching, and, and letting guys go out there and test the market. I would love to see Jarrett McKinnon back, especially based off what he did in the postseason. We know what he can do in this offseason. Uh, if I had to wave my magic wand and ask Brett Veach to bring somebody back, it would be the Jet. And then uh, real quick, just my, my second question. With Tyron Matthew pretty much being known as gone now with the Chiefs, there's probably a very, very slim chance he's back. With him being the leader, I don't know much about uh, as far as like who's going to step up in that role to be able to fill his spot. I don't know much about Justin Reed other than, you know, the tackle that Dan Sorensen made on the fake punt. <laughs> Who can step up and fill that role? It's going to be interesting to see. It it the, the, the defense might have to change as far as a play calling perspective is. We know Nick Bolton had green dot responsibilities in his rookie year. Will he make the leap uh, in year two as far as a leader on defense? Uh, that's that That's – a big thing that you're going to be missing with Tyron Matthew. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I think everybody in Kansas city knows that and feels that. Um, but we'll see, man. I, I think that there's, there, there's more leaders on the defense than, <laughs> than just one guy. Uh, and, and that's how you win ball games too. It's not just one guy. It's all 11 working in unison. Yeah. I don't know what happened Aaron. I got kicked out, but I'm back now. We can man, run. they banned Neil Armstrong. Yeah, yeah I don't know why. They happened, banned man. Neil Armstrong from space. Yeah, that was crazy, man. I was like, oh man, what's going on? <laughs> good questions from the crew, man. Really, really, really good energy in here tonight. Appreciate y'all rocking with us, and hopefully we can get these uh, these Jayhawks on out of here. Week one, uh, for first round. Aaron, you can't say that in Kansas City, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get banned from the city, dog. <laughs> they banned Neil Armstrong from space. They can ban me. <laughs> they can ban me from the city. Hey, rock chalk, man. <laughs> y'all be easy, man. See y'all next week.